From the Orion Policy Institute, this is Orion Talks. Our podcast brings together experts for a conversation about events shaping the world at the local, national, and global levels. Tune in as we discuss foreign policy, security, human rights, political and economic development, and various other issues. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Orion Talks. Uh, this is our first episode of 2023. I'm your host, Wachibukju. Today, we will talk about one of the most concerning security issues in Africa, and we will talk about the escalating violence in Somalia by the Salafi Jihadist group Al-Shabaab. And we will discuss the Somali government's and its international partners' counter-insurgency strategies. Our guest today is Dr. Daisy Mwibi. Hi, Daisy. Hi. Uh, I will call you Daisy because you're my friend. Briefly mm -hmm. um, about Dr. Mwibi, um, she's an assistant professor at the University of Alabama in the Department of Criminology and Criminal Justice. And she's also a research fellow at the Harvard T.H. Chan School of Public Health. She is studying on terrorism, counterterrorism, counterinsurgency, and domestic security actors, especially in East Africa. And also, we co-authored an article in 2021 on Kenya's counterterrorism policies and public trust in institutions. Um, so Daisy, thanks again for coming today. It's a pleasure having you. Um, uh, I wanna start the, our conversation with, would you please let our listeners know about the Al-Shabaab and uh, what is their end goal in Somalia and the region? Uh, thank you so much. First, I want to say thank you for having me on. I'm a big fan, longtime listener. Uh, <laughs> so I'm very excited to be on the podcast. So thank you so much. Um, with regards to Al-Shabaab, well, it is an active insurgent terrorist organization that is uh, found in East Africa, mostly operating in Somalia, though it has had operations in the, the neighboring countries as well. Um, in terms of what Al-Shabaab wants, or uh, maybe I can start a little bit with how the organization um, came into being. You know, first it started as sort of a small unit within the Islamic uh, Courts Union um, in the early 2000s. And then over time, it, once the Ethiopia intervened in Somalia, uh, in the mid 2000s, the group, you know, quickly uh, emerged from under the umbrella of the ICU, uh, started to gain some territory, um, and you know, sort of after a while, gained allegiance with um, Al Qaeda, and then went on to um, start to recruit foreign fighters into the region, and um, also recruit foreign fighters from also the East Africa region, and has continued to be a threat for the region uh, specifically, as well as uh, explicitly in Somalia for the last, I think, a little over 15 years now. So what does the group want? Uh, what is it trying to achieve? Um, the first goal, or at least one of the biggest, most consistent things that Al-Shabaab has um, mentioned as part of its intentions and its goals is to rid the country of foreign troops. Um, this has been very consistent. Uh, you can say that Al-Shabaab has gone through different um, evolutionary processes in its development from like being part of this uh, 
courts union to then sort of emerging as its own insurgent actor, affiliating with Al-Qaeda, controlling territory, and even acting as sort of like a, an alternate governance uh, mechanism. But all, all throughout its existence, um, it has had certain consistent um, goals. And one of those is to read the country of foreign troops. Um, Another aspect of what Al-Shabaab ultimately wants to achieve is to implement a Sharia. This has been a consistent theme that it has had throughout mm -hmm. its existence and wanting to implement some sort of uh, its own very harsh interpretation of Sharia across um, Somalia. And also making sometimes uh, trying to tie in their more... Um, extreme uh, goals with broader concerns about or you know broader nationalistic goals about this idea of establishing a greater Somalia in Eastern Africa. Uh, but ultimately, you know, most of its goal is to sort of implement Sharia across uh, the country. Um, the last aspect of what Shabab really wants is to defeat the Somali federal government. Mm. Um, yes, do you have uh, a question? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So when it comes to the government, so uh, as you mentioned, you know, they are fighting um, for more than 15 years mm -hmm. and they have been really resilient against the, the government um, um, counterterrorism and counterinsurgency policies. And also not just Somali government, but also international actors. Mm -hmm. But Somalia has a new government right now. Yes. Um, so uh, with the new elected president, Hassan Sheikh Mohammed. And he stated that defeating Al-Shabaab is his number one priority. Uh, and his government seems to have some gains against Al-Shabaab recently. Mm -hmm. But, you know, we also see some uh, big uh, reaction from Al-Shabaab, like killing um, civilian and government uh, officials. So how do you evaluate the new government's counterinsurgency strategies, especially when you consider from the, um, cons uh, compare it with the previous government policies? Yeah, it's a good question you're asking. I think you could say that Al-Shabaab, I'm sorry, the federal government's response to Al-Shabaab has changed in some ways uh, with this new recent administration with um, uh, uh, President Hassan. And you can see that, you know, whereas previously there was some arguments meant that the Formaggio administration was not as um, involved in the uh, fight against Al-Shabaab, this new administration has taken a, a new uh, focus, right? And I think uh, the federal government has gone to lengths to sort of try to explain its new strategy, or at least what, what they're going to be continuing with moving forward in terms of what the old strategy mm -hmm. has been, whether it is uh, the domestic level or even with the international support, and also where they're charting their path forward. In terms of what they're going to stay uh, consistent with is acknowledging that, you know, the military uh, strategy of using, you know, a military force against the, the organ is against Al-Shabaab is necessary and that they will continue with it. However, they acknowledge that there are certain limitations to that strategy, that a military force alone is not sufficient to completely uh, strategically alter the trajectory of the conflict against Al-Shabaab. But let me talk a little bit more about what, even though they're continuing, you know, getting support from um, the U.S. with regards to drones or that they are uh, using the Somali National Army and sort of specialized units within it like the NAB against uh, Al-Shabaab, there's certain ways that they have deviated from what we saw previously with uh, the previous Farmajo administration. With this, um, 
administration, you're seeing there is more of a concerted effort to partner with local regional actors. Um, they are actively reaching out to not just the local governments um, at the different federal member state levels and sort of engaging with their security forces to actively fight Shabab or to build unity in the fight against Shabab, but they're also um, supporting local militias that have been fighting al-Shabaab and sort of providing them with arms and conducting joint operations with them. Good example is in cent uh, the central Hiran region. They have been working with a clan militia normally known as the Maawisle. And they've been having some sort of strategic, um, uh, or how can I say, it, some tactical successes in their operations, right? So you see that they have been able to regain certain territory in Hiran, but also in, interestingly, also seeping like uh, neighboring regions in places like uh, towards the south, like Bay, or if you're looking at further north in Galmudug. And I think more recently in December, you saw they had some territorial successes in an area called Madal Shabale, where they captured uh, territory previously held by uh, Shabab that is considered to be quite strategic for the group. So this concept of using the Somali, conducting joint operations with the Somali National Army, as well as the clan militia, uh, or as they're known as sometimes as the community defense forces, have, have had some benefit, or at least some notable uh, examples of benefits. But beyond just engaging with local militia, they're, they're also doing something that is a bit different, it is working with um, local security forces that the previous administration didn't just uh, necessarily engage with as much. A good example is in an area called Jubaland. They began to engage directly with um, the Jubaland security forces or sometimes also known as the Darawish. At least there was an effort to uh, send um, officials down there to sort of broker some sort of agreement um, to be able to launch an offensive against uh, al-Shabaab down there. So generally, you can see that that's a bit of a difference, even with this idea of expanding drone operations as well. Um, you can see that the, the federal government has sort of embraced uh, a, a bit more of or suggested that the intention to engage in more um, uh, drone operations uh, against uh, al-Shabaab. So on the military side, there's mm -hmm. continuing with the same path, but also sort of charting the new way forward. Um, there's now another part of their strategy, which is very new, is this idea of fighting an ideological war or fighting against mm -hmm. the propaganda pointed out by Shabab, which you probably have heard about. Um, and this is sort of um, manifested in a couple of ways. One is there was, a, I think, I think it was in October of last year, an effort to make sure that any me news media or communications put out by uh, media houses uh, to make sure that they are limiting the spread of al-Shabaab's propaganda, that they should not be promoting that, uh, not only in official media houses, but also within social media. So they, you know, they banned certain websites uh, held by Shabaab. They, I think, also went after Telegram um, as well. And um, they really tried to limit the dissemination of extremist ideologies generally, the way that they place, uh, the way that they presented it. Um, in November of the same year, they also sort of banned this, the use of the name uh, Al-Shabaab and say that mm -hmm. now the group needs to be referred to as um, uh, uh, Hawarij, uh, which is sort of a derogatory term uh, normally used to refer to a deviant sect. And so, you know, by 
and at the same time, they also pre prohibited clerics from dealing directly with Al Shabab uh, uh, or or sort of meeting with them at all. So you know, this has had sort of mixed responses from folks. You know, journalists in the region have said that they're concerned this may limit their journalistic freedoms. Uh, also, sort of the basic sort of goes against the constitutional rights of uh, free speech, and you know, could potentially limit any criticism of the government and its military policy or its its counterterrorist uh, activities. Uh, but generally, the goal within the new administration is that. Uh, military might alone is not enough and that there needs to be a conscious effort put to fight the ideological battle as well uh, and to limit the spread of al-shabaab's propaganda both in, in the official media houses but also on social media and the like um so that's the second arm of yeah you have a question yeah, yeah, you know, I, I'm glad that you highlighted, you know, it's not just counterterrorism, but it's a kind of counterinsurgency. Yes. To kind of with the counter messages um, against Al Shabab. Yes. Uh, and also, what I see is that, you know, Al Shabab is also kind of try to gain legitimacy in the territories that actually they control. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so they also kind of um, come up with their own strategies. Yes. Um, so the follow-up question is, you know, um, it seems to be kind of the government is learning from their mistakes as well, mm -hmm. but also how likely they can be successful in their efforts. Do you think the 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 government's um, capabilities and also domestic security enterprise can be successful in their fight against Al Shabaab? It's a good question. I think before I, before I, I dive really deep into that, I will say that there's a third arm to the government's sort of renewed efforts and which is sort of the economic strategy to um, target Al-Shabaab's finances, um, which in some ways ties into what your sort of the second question is, whether or not the government can be successful in their counterinsurgency uh, against mm -hmm. uh, Shabab. And they, it's certainly something to be said that um, Politically, it seems that the government is making certain moves that could be beneficial for the fight. Uh, you know, previous previous administration had some fraught relationships with the regional uh, governments of the federal member states, um, and it seems that this new government has come in and has made conscious efforts to. Um, show unity in the fight against Shabab and has made that a sort of a conscious effort that they are engaging with. I think it's only in last month uh, in December when he called together all the federal member state leaders, I think excluding uh, Somaliland, and they all came together in Mogadishu to sort of discuss the fight against Al-Shabab amongst a number of other things. Mm -hmm. So politically, you can't have a successful fight against uh, the group if the regional governments and the regional administrations and uh, and the constituents that fall underneath them sort of are at odds in terms of how to approach that. So certainly that is, is a promising insight. Um, the other way that you could see that there could be success is potentially engaging with these regional um, security forces. I mean, there's a questions about whether or not, you know, broadly speaking, this is effective for counterinsurgency. We saw this happen in places like um, Afghanistan, for example, and uh, it's not always, it doesn't always lead to success. However, you know, there's some arguments to be made that some of these regional 
um, security forces enjoy more local legitimacy in the areas that they operate in and have more understood and sort of less seen as external actors and have also the right clan dynamics and clan ties to be able to more effectively operate in those contexts. And so partnering them up with, in joint, jointly operating with them with um, uh, SNA forces, as well as maybe support from ATMIS, which is the AU peacekeeping force, could be beneficial in, in the long term. There's just questions in terms of what happens to these militia forces after. Mm -hmm. But we've seen also success with them being integrated into formal structures. So there just needs to be that question in terms of long term, what does this mean for these regional community defense forces that are being armed? So that could be successful. And, and certainly there's something to be said about targeting Al-Shabaab's finances um, and taxation because a group is very effective at taxing local communities. It is, it is more extortive than sort of just you know a, a fair taxation. But the the group does provide more consistent justice and um, uh, security in some of these uh, some of these regions, particularly in the justice component of what they provide. And so I think perhaps what is more uh, of a question is whether the government can provide a viable alternative. They can. They can quash those. Uh, um, uh, they can try to target, I guess, the finances of Al Shabaab, but they would also need to understand uh, if they could provide alternative governance and um, uh, security structures that mm -hmm. can be useful. And, and even for this, the same can be said also for their military strategy. Simply liberating um, territory or recapturing territory held by Shabab uh, isn't enough. They need to, this has been the back and forth that has been going on for several years where they retake territory and then a few weeks later, Shabab retakes it back. And they needs to be able to be able to have um, hold forces that can stay there and hold the territory as governance uh, uh, activities are sort of introduced there by the state or regional actors. So I guess this is a very roundabout way to answer your question, which is saying <laughs> it depends. It really just it depends. depends. It really okay. depends. Hopefully it's gonna work well. Um, you, you mentioned about the regional uh, actors, uh, okay. but also we see that you know the Somali government has received um, technical, logistical, and military support from the United States and mm -hmm. also international organization, including the African Union uh, Peacekeeping mm -hmm. Mission. Mm -hmm. So how do you evaluate the support from these international communities and the United States? Um, do you think they help enough to defeat Al-Shabaab? I mean, yes, but, you know, as everything you have to say is that alone they're not enough, right? It sort uh -huh. of has to be coupled with all of these things. They're a piece of a broader puzzle that is needed to successfully um, uh, conduct a counterinsurgency effectively, right? Um, but I think ultimately what you see is that, for example, with U.S. drone operations, they have helped in some ways diminish uh, uh, Al-Shabaab, but the group has remained very resilient, maybe more disrupting Al-Shabaab's activities. But at the same time, there's concerns about uh, the drone strikes having uh, collateral damages, right? And uh, how are they, what are they doing for the morale of the locals in the area, right? And um, there's questions about, you know, 
from back and forth with human rights organization pointing out that perhaps the drone strikes uh, underreport the number of um, unintended injuries that are caused by them. So, you know, and at the same time, you have the training uh, and equipping operations that uh, the U.S. engages with, or more the security force assistance component, and certainly you see effectiveness with the uh, the NAB forces, especially who do are very competent, are very effective, uh, but again, they have to be part of a broader uh, structure. Um, and I guess what I'm trying to say is that, you know, these, these, these support that is provided by international organizations, by international uh, bilateral, multilateral actors are effective um, only if they are coupled with one, a strong acknowledgement of the political realities on the ground. Um, and, and I think with this new administration, there's an acknowledgement that military might alone is not enough, is not sufficient. Um, but uh, secondly, they also need to, um, they, they, they need to uh, not just be, they need the local uh, governing structures to truly be committed to um, effectively fighting the, the, the insurgent actors, rather than um, the donors being concerned about one thing and the locals then being mm -hmm. concerned with sort of local elites being concerned about just sort of um, uh, securing their own power bases rather than uh, committing to the fight. It seems this new administration is more concerned about getting unity across the country in fighting the group. Um, but I think there's just so many factors aside from just them providing the support that needs to be in place for their support to actually have any meaningful impact on the conflict more broadly. Okay, um, so, you know, when we look at whatever you mentioned so far, um, it seems to be the Al-Shabaab, you know, try to control the whole country, like as Taliban did in Afghanistan. Mm -hmm. Do you think Al-Shabaab can be a second Taliban and they control, can control uh, the whole country and take over the government? That's a very big how question. Likely, how likely is it? <laughs> it's a very, very, very big question. <laughs> that you're asking. Um, I think they, I mean, it is a goal, right? One mm -hmm. of the goals that Shabab has is to defeat this uh, Somali federal government, implement Sharia and rule. So it can't be ruled that because it's part of what they want. And they have proved to be very resilient and very capable of adapting to uh, um, counter terror and as well as counterinsurgent pressure. And certainly in the territory that it does control, the group does uh, provide its own governance and justice mechanisms. And in the areas where it doesn't control, they're still able to tax the populations, right? So even into Mogadishu. So uh, certainly I'm not going to say that it is impossible. Um, I will say that um, th there's questions about um, whether this new strategy used by the current government will have any, will alter the strategic direction of the conflict beyond the stalemate that it it, it currently was before they came on board. So I guess that's the best way I can answer that. Okay. Okay. Let me ask in a kind of uh, related question. So <laughs> what should the international organizations and the United States should do that Somali, Somalia you know, uh, will not be another Afghanistan? And how can they help the, um, the, the Somali government in their efforts to stop Al-Shabaab? 
I think it's understanding the limitations that the predominant security force assistance model um, generally has. Um, I think there, there are two levels of uh, concern, right? International donors, uh, which are very many in, in Somalia, it's not just the United States, it's very many different actors involved in, diff in security force assistance at different levels, whether it's at the federal level, at the member state level, whether it's helping assisting with the development of local uh, police forces for those territories that are liberated and they can go into, to uh, supporting with the uh, training and development of the Somali National Army, right? So it, it it varies across them, and then all those multiple different units. Uh, donor actors need to be on the same page themselves, uh, and not have duplication of responsibilities, um, and not just having multiple different forces emerge, which you could see uh, was a bit of an issue a few years ago with multiple small smaller federalized forces emerging. Mm -hmm. And then getting caught up with a lot of uh, regional political uh, struggles that involve the security forces rather than sort of concentrating their attention on Al-Shabaab. And I guess that comes into the second layer, which is after you get the donors, which is very difficult to do, I can imagine, but it's also to... Uh, the second layer is to get the regional, uh, the federal government and the regional authorities to be on a similar page, which seems to be the direction um, the new administration is going along with. Um, and the reason why that's important because the federal government determines generally with the security force assistance model that we work with right now, it's a sovereign state, you work with the Weberian state notion. So you provide assistance to the federal government and then the federal government perhaps can extend that assistance uh, ultimately uh, to the different localities. You can't have a, a, a bilateral actor, actor kind of coming in and then ignoring the federal government and then just going to work with the regional administration in Southwest State or in, in Jubaland, for example, that could undermine um, the, the federal government and can uh, cause tensions. So you do need the federal government to be mm -hmm. in a unified, similar place with the regional authorities. And that's where the, the political realities mm -hmm. play a role. And I think they could be in supporting that uh, builds up of unity and um, engaging with our regional authorities and regional security forces in a positive way. Obviously, you still have to think long-term, what does that mean for arming these militias? But at the same time, the donor actors need to all be on a similar page uh, about how they are approaching the conflict in um, Somalia at the same time. So those are the two layers, I would say. Okay, so what I understand from your response is it's so important to capacity building out the full government, uh, the federal government, and also um, so they can actually take the full ownership of the fight uh, against Al Shabab, yeah, to be able to get rid of any kind of uh, duplicates. Yeah, get rid of um, duplicates. And also, you know, you don't want, you know, there were, there were certain federal forces that were established that then you would hear would be involved in um, mm -hmm. regional squabbles uh, in certain other areas, which is natural. Any country would, you know, generally have some tensions across regions, but um, uh, it's... It, it, it can murky the waters uh, in terms of how to approach the conflict generally. Uh, Daisy, thank you so much for the great conversation and your insights. I appreciate it, uh, our time and hope to see you in the future. Thank you. Hope to see you too. Thank you.